0: Why don't we have a word of prayer and then we'll start the lesson okay our gracious father in heaven we thank you so much for this day and we thank you that we can be here to study the bible together we pray that your spirit would just bless the time that we can share together as we think about your holy words and your holy lessons that you've given for us um, please just send your spirit to bless and guide. Help us, Lord, to think about the the beautiful and true lessons that you have brought for us and that you have um, given to us here in the book of Mark. And uh, we just thank you, Lord, that we can study together. And we thank you also for sending your blessing, um, because we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Alright. So we're picking up from Mark chapter 1, verse 29. And uh, previously in our lesson series, we just talked about the. um, We finished talking about the evil spirit that uh, Jesus cast out of someone. And it was on the Sabbath day when Jesus cast out the spirit. Yeah. It was on the Sabbath day when Jesus cast out the spirit. And um, some people were not too happy about that. That was in the synagogue, in the temple. And that was from verse uh, 21. It says that. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue, and began to teach. And so, this is when they were very amazed that he cast out this evil spirit, um, and also they were amazed, or that the spirit knew who he was. The evil spirits had known who Jesus was. All right, so that brings us to our Bible study lesson for today, starting at verse twenty-one, twenty-nine. Sorry, verse twenty-nine, and maybe we'll have uh, Pearl uh, read that verse for us verse uh, 29 in Mark chapter 1
1: and forthwith when they had come out of the synagogue they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew and Jesus with Jesus and John
0: alright uh, and then why don't we just continue reading we can we can read around a little bit maybe um, okay yeah just go ahead and read uh, several other verses there at least up to verse 34 let's get that part read
1: but Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and Anan. they told him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. And at even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him.
0: Alright, yeah, thank you April. Uh, So, after Jesus left the synagogue, this would still be on the Sabbath day, right? Still on the Sabbath day, left the synagogue, the place of worship already, and they went to the house of who? Peter. Uh, Peter was also known as Simon, right? And so um, it says they went with James, John, uh, James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Now that was also Simon Peter, right? And you know we so often see these three guys very close to Jesus throughout the Gospels. You know, There's Peter, James, and John, very close to him. And uh, we also find that in the New Testament, these three guys were very strong figures in the early church, and they also wrote letters to the church that are included in the Scripture. And we have letters from John, Peter, James. Um, so anyway, they went to Simon, Simon and Andrew's house, Simon Peter's house, and who was sick? All right. Yeah, Simon's mother-in-law, Peter's mother-in-law. She was sick, she had a fever, and so they told Jesus, because they figured Jesus can help. Right? Jesus can help her. They know that Jesus has power to drive out evil spirits, and Jesus has power to help those who are sick, those who are hurting. Okay. And so it says he went into her, he took her by the hand, he helped her up, and the fever left her, and she, they, sorry, she began to wait on them. Uh, she sounds like a... Maybe a kind person. Maybe a kind uh, or helpful person. Maybe it was also like a duty to be the host or something when you have many guests at your house. And, but before she was feeling too sick to, to maybe tend to them. Uh, okay, now verse 32, this is something I think we can talk about just a little bit. Verse 32 says, uh, That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed and the whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He drove out many demons, but he would not let them speak. Okay? What do you guys think about this? Why did these people come to see Jesus in the evening after sunset? What, what do you think about that? Some thoughts about that? Why was it like this? It was
2: Sabbath.
0: It was Sabbath. Okay? And so why would that, why would that make them want to wait until sundown, until sunset?
3: They
4: believe,
0: they believe that you shouldn't work on the Sabbath? That on the
4: Sabbath. Um, yeah, that particular kind. Maybe the understanding of work.
0: Okay.
4: In- included uh healing the sick and all
0: that. So Alright. Yeah. yeah. So the way that the Jewish people understood yeah. healing was that it wasn't it wasn't right to do on the Sabbath day. Right? Jesus healed yes. His
1: mother in law on the Sabbath. That's right.
0: Healing has nothing to
1: do with work.
0: That's right.
1: So it probably took some time for the word to get around that he was there.
0: Well, um, okay. Perhaps now now remember a lot of people would have seen him at the synagogue that day a lot of people came to worship and they saw him cast out the demon so they're already they're already starting to think something you know that jesus has power to do to heal people right so you know when we read through the new testament what we find is that the pharisees were very very adamant about this point you know they had many rules on the sabbath you know that we don't exactly read in the bible i mean they weren't there they weren't written there in the bible but there were rules about the sabbath that the pharisees had and one of them that they that they said was well if you heal somebody that's work you're working on the sabbath in fact many of the pharisees they accused jesus of breaking the sabbath they said why are you healing somebody on the sabbath you know and jesus actually made a point of it he said well is it right to heal on the sabbath is it right to save life or to hurt life i
1: think the point that the pharisees were coming from was that maybe they had never seen a person come and just touch another and have that person be healed. Mm -hmm. They're probably coming from the standpoint of healing in the sense that you go to a doctor and you are consulted by a doctor, you're Mm -hmm. taking medicine and maybe that would be work if you were sick and you went to a doctor. But they weren't familiar with someone just coming in and just raising you up from the bed and your fever was gone. Uh So in that sense I think what they were saying, like they had a point, but they just couldn't see the bigger picture that this was the Messiah, yeah. and that this person had the ability to just touch you and kill right. you.
0: Yeah. So I think in some ways they're seeing the miracles, but they're not, they're not really open to the working of God's power, the working of God's spirit, because they don't really see, like if God is, you know, healing this person, then it must be okay, Right.
1: Right, but they were also very threatened by him due to the fact that he was coming in and taking all of the people and all the people were following him and believing in him and they mm-hmm. felt threatened that their power was diminished. Mm-hmm. So their jealousy and their envy and uh-huh. could have also blocked their point of view, their open-mindedness to accept what was going
0: on. Sure. Okay, so there was a personal issue also, right? There was some type of jealousy and envy from the side of the Pharisees. Yeah. So now the people, they kind of realize that you know, it's probably not good for Jesus to heal on the Sabbath, or at least the Pharisees are going to say something you know, if we start coming to see Jesus during the Sabbath hours. Uh, so they waited until sundown. Um, I think also this, this text is another clear statement to us about you know, when the Sabbath begins and when the Sabbath ends. You know, that everyone understood clearly the Sabbath begins at sundown and the Sabbath ends at sundown. You know, so they they all waited until until sundown. But I I would imagine they're probably pretty excited because when they were at church, you know, at the synagogue, uh, they noticed that uh, Jesus had cast out this demon. They must have been thinking, this guy has incredible power from God. Right, and they're probably thinking in their mind, "Hey, I know somebody who needs to see Jesus." Right, I've got a family member sitting at home, and they're so sick, and they probably went home and said, "Hey, after Sabbath, let's go see this guy, let's go see." But you know, they they somehow they knew where he went. Right, they knew where Jesus was staying for that Sabbath afternoon, at uh, this uh, house of Simon's mother-in-law, and so yeah, sure enough, sundown comes around, and here. The the multitudes come. Everybody's showing up at the door. Um, Now that Sabbath is over. Okay. So they brought everybody, and it says uh, the whole town gathered at the door. Everybody was crowding around to see Jesus and to watch what he would do. And then it says that Jesus healed many who had various diseases, healed their, their physical sickness. He drove out many demons. But he would not allow the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Why do you think he didn't want the demons to say... Who he was.
1: I think because um, the point of his ministry was to heal first, uh-huh. and then preach what he was all about. Okay. So I think they would have said something that would have maybe sent the people off in a wrong direction as in, like, confusing them. Okay. Because I think there's a method to the gospel and first you need to, you know, take care of the person's physical needs or, uh-huh. you know, okay. take care of their humanity and, like, mm-hmm. you know, food. Show them that and, we care. Right. You know,
0: before we show them the other right.
1: things. And I think he was doing that and he didn't need... Because they have, they have great wisdom also and mm-hmm. so he didn't need... Them coming in and saying something that was not appropriate at that time, maybe. Okay. I
0: don't know. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, this is. I think there's a timing for everything, right? There's there's a right time Mm -hmm. for everything. There's a time for every purpose under heaven, right? Under the sun.
4: But yeah. Well, yeah. Adding adding to that, it's actually read this this morning, great, desire ages. I think it's kind of linked to this that Jesus. Wanted Scripture to be fulfilled. Uh, yes, he wanted the what the Word of God said about him. Mm-hmm. He wanted his actions and what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So it must kind of co- correlate with uh, mm-hmm. what he for. His life was confirmed what's in the Scripture about him. Okay,
0: so maybe pe- he, Jesus wanted people to recognize him. Based on the scriptural evidence, right, you know, and not just the hype and excitement coming right. from what these possessed people were saying. Right. That could also be. Yeah. yeah. And in, I think in some ways he didn't want things to get out of hand, you know, like, and especially at an early point in his ministry. Uh, he didn't want people to just, you know, come uh, and swarm him. Yeah, and that kind of thing. Because a lot of the Jewish people kind of expected the Messiah was going to become a great king and they should, he should take over the Romans' power, and so some people might be kind of trying to push for this. But at the time, there was a little bit of amb- ambiguity, like, we're not sure, is this guy the Messiah, you know? So they're kind of having more chance to feel out and evaluate who Jesus is, rather than just hearing a bunch of excitement from these demon-possessed people. So I think that could be a consideration.
4: It's, it's really interesting that the demons knew
0: who he was. Like, oh, sure.
4: I find it very interesting.
0: They knew who he was. Well, certainly, because they were cast out of heaven, right? right? They knew who the Son of God was. And Satan, of course, was, was following the life of Jesus. Satan knew what was happening with this child. And you remember, Satan tried to have him killed
2: right.
0: when he was a baby. Uh, so, yeah, Satan knew who the Messiah was. He knew that this guy, Jesus, was the one. And the demons were on full alert. Right. That's the Savior. That's the Messiah. And, and they, they know him from heaven, too. I mean, they talked to the Son of God before, uh, before they were cast out of heaven. So, quite
1: a... Also, demons are spiritual beings. They're in the spiritual realm. Yes. So, anything in the spiritual realm knows everything there is about us because they're Um, here, they're present, we just don't see them. Yes. You know what I mean? So, I think they maybe did not have an understanding of that Mm-hmm. And so they were shocked, oh my gosh, he knows Jesus Well, yeah, they've been around for a long time Before Jesus was made into flesh Yeah, you know? so, uh-huh,
0: definitely yeah. They good. know
1: everything about us right. <laughs> They do, they
0: do know a lot about us, that's everything. for sure That is for sure Alright, good points um, Well, let, Maybe we can uh, go on to the next section of our scripture here And this is coming from verse 35. And I think, um, Keith, did you read a little bit there? you want to read for us? Sure. Okay. Up to where? From from verse 35, and then we'll read. Let me turn the page here. Uh, We'll read up to verse 39.
4: Now in the beginning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, when they found him, they said to him, Everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, Let us go into the next town, towns, that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I have come. And he was preaching in the synagogues throughout all Galilee and casting out demons.
0: Alright. Yep. Sounds like he did a lot of casting out of those demons. There's so many strongholds of evil in this place you know, so many people who had become possessed by evil spirits. And it seems like he did a lot of that um, that work of casting these things out. Um, but, you know, definitely that, that night, we can imagine with all these people, uh, so many people were gathered around, and they all came to see Jesus and to watch Jesus heal these people. Now, this is after sundown, and so... You can imagine, with the, almost it says almost the whole town was gathered there, right? Do you think it would have taken Jesus a while to see all these people and to meet people and heal people? Um, he was pretty busy that night, wasn't he? Right. You know, the whole town's gathered around this, the, the home of Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Right. And, uh, and they're all bringing the sick people, and Jesus is healing them and casting out demons, everything. And then it tells us in verse 35, very early... In the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Right? right Jesus was hard at work that night before, you know, but first thing in the morning, very early in the morning, I sort of wonder how many hours of sleep did Jesus get that particular night you know? um, yeah. I have a question because I,
1: I recall like growing up in the SDA church and stuff like that we were all often told this story, mm-hmm. and it was always. Always said that Jesus was preaching in that house and that everybody came and was listening to him.
0: Mm-hmm. You do?
1: You, do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Uh, okay. To okay. Rumors. Mm-hmm.
1: And all that, but right here it says that um, he raised her up. This fever left her, mm-hmm. and then. It just jumps to the next part where it says Right After the sun did set, everybody came. So I just had a thought like I wonder what he was doing between the time he raised her up and, and all the people
0: came. Okay. Well, I think he was probably relaxing a little bit with the disciples because um, it, it says seems like it too. yeah, yeah, the fever left her and she began to wait on them so they got served and that evening after sunset, so they must have enjoyed a pleasant afternoon together. Mm-hmm. Which would have been really helpful, you know, because everyone needs time to rest, you know, even if you're even if you're a minister or you're Jesus himself, who was the greatest minister ever. Right. right, You know, everyone needs that quiet time to just rest. And so, you know, there they were on that Sabbath afternoon, just kind of enjoying each other's company, you know, kind of resting and, and fellowshipping together and enjoying the Sabbath and had some food. So that's a good point to bring up, I didn't think about that, but yeah, it sounds like they were probably resting until the evening, um, a little bit, alright, but then definitely that evening, things sure got busy, we had a busy, busy night, we don't know exactly what time he sent the people away, but apparently, um, he sent them away at the right time, and he must have gotten some sleep, because it was very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, so he must have got some kind of reasonable sleep, but we don't know how much. Right, um, and so this is quite early and this was kind of a habit of Jesus, I mean Jesus was a man of prayer right? Jesus would pray in the evening, Jesus would pray in the morning and, and Jesus knew the essential thing about praying secretly, you know, being alone with God the Father, right? he knew that his spiritual strength uh, depended upon his personal connection with God, not just what he received at church once a week But it it depended upon him taking the time to seek God early, you know. Uh, Seek him in the morning. Find your strength from God our Father, right, by spending that time in prayer and open communication with God. And so quite early Jesus arose while it's still dark. It must have been very early, you know. We're talking like 5 a.m., maybe, 4 a.m., something like that. Jesus was up. And Jesus was up before the sunshine got up. <laughs> and it says that he went out there to a solitary place, a quiet place. And there he prayed. And he he must have known also the next day is going to be a busy day. The people are going to come. The work is going to, is going to go forward. It's going to be crowded. It's going to be busy. And if I don't pray now, maybe I won't have time to be alone with God. Right? And so... Yeah, so he was, he was able to just go and prepare himself spiritually, you know, for the work of ministry. You know, people oftentimes see what the minister does out in the open, but do they see what the minister does when it's quiet and when he's alone, right? And the work that Jesus was able to do, you know, for the multitude when they came and they swarmed him and it was so busy, that work he was able to do was only because he spent that quiet time alone with God, Right? because he already received the, the infilling of the Spirit for the day. Uh, so he was able to do a spiritual work for the people during the day. Right? So we learn amazing lessons about how to be spiritually filled from the life of Jesus and from the way that he did his ministry. Um, he was a man of constant prayer. And uh, in verse 36 it says, Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, "Everyone is looking for you." See, so early in the morning, all the people were already looking for Jesus. Right? They're like, "Hey, where'd he go? Where's Where's Jesus?" And you know, they must have had some kind of hint about where Jesus was. There must have been some place he was used to going. You know, um, it could have been the Garden of Gethsemane, where he went to pray. We don't know exactly. You know, it was just a solitary, quiet place, and it was nearby to there. So suddenly, you know, everybody's looking for Jesus. Right? The disciples come, and now they're saying, the people are looking for you, so we need to get busy. <laughs> but uh, thankfully, Jesus had spent that quiet time already with the Lord, and now he was prepared for the day's work. Um, definitely what we need in our lives as well is that, that quiet time with God, you know, that, that spiritual infilling so that we can be a spiritual blessing and help to others. In ministry. Um, so then, then verse thirty-eight. Did you have a comment on that, or just just kind of? Okay, okay, all right, all right. Verse thirty-eight. Then uh, Jesus replied, "Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come." So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Jesus often went to the place of meeting. Uh, to preach, but other times he preached outdoors, right? You know, and apparently he had preached in this area um, like the day before at the synagogue and now he travels. See, Jesus did not just focus only on one area. Jesus knew that his work of ministry was a work that needed to have traveling. He was like a traveling evangelist in some ways, you know. Uh, He needed to take and spread the gospel message. To many people throughout Israel, so they began traveling to the nearby villages and teaching there also, right? And preaching there, and sharing the gospel, sharing the good news and the truth of God, um, as well as driving out the demons. So there was the there was the preaching side, and then there was also practical healing side or helping to set people free from the power of Satan, um, to deliver them from the demons, and these things were were. Happening together.
4: I find it very interesting that Jesus, it was in Israel that he was doing this, not in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. This was God's church.
0: That's right. And they even knew about the Sabbath day, but they weren't doing things right. right.
4: And he was driving out demons in the church, basically
0: among the people of Israel, right? Right
4: among the people of Israel. So I think I just I, I find it very amazing mm-hmm. because um, I heard someone say this. I haven't read it for myself. Ellen White says in the last days many people would be demon possessed hmm. in the last days, just like uh-huh. when Jesus came. Just before Jesus came, many people would be demon
0: possessed. A lot of spiritual darkness and spiritual problems. And
4: yeah. Jesus came to the church. Jesus yeah. came to the house of Israel yeah. before they took it out of the rest of the world.
0: And he was preparing them to receive the Messiah and then be able to go proclaim the Messiah. But until, maybe until Israel received a true spiritual revival, right. they could not actually accomplish that work. That, yeah, oh yeah.
3: Uh,
0: they could not actually accomplish that work. No. Okay. Um, that's a good point. That's a really good point that he was bringing that great revival um, in Israel so that they could fulfill their, uh, their mission, their work. Okay. Awesome. Um, let's take a look then at the next section there from verse 40. This is about a man that had leprosy who Jesus healed. And maybe um, our friend over here can read for us from verse 40. Can I read
2: the Korean
0: version? Is the English very hard to read? I can
2: try.
0: Okay. Sure, I can help you. Yeah, no problem.
2: A man with leprosy? Mm hmm came to him and begged him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Filled with Jesus reached out his hands and touched the man. I am willing. He said be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cruel.
0: Yeah, cured. He cured. was cured. Uh huh.
2: Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacri- sacrifices, sacrifices uh-huh. that Moses commanded
0: right. for your
2: cleansing.
0: As a testimony,
2: testimony
0: to, them. to them, okay.
2: Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading.
0: spreading, spreading the news. So he is going out and he's sharing, he's sharing the news, okay. As
2: a result, Jesus just could no longer enter the town openly, but stayed outside in lonely place, Mm -hmm. and the people still came to him from anywhere. From everywhere. Everywhere.
0: Everywhere, yeah. Okay. So uh, there's this man with leprosy uh, who comes to Jesus, and it says he begs him on his knees, you know. It's like this man, he's pleading with Jesus for healing. And um, in a way, it's like prayer also, because Jesus is the Son of God. You know, and here he is pleading on his knees before God, "Heal me, please, from this disease, uh, terrible skin disease." You know, leprosy would just cause your, you know, parts of your body to even fall off. The skin just was rotting and turning, turning terribly white. And you Can imagine how how sick it was, or how sick he was. Um, and of course, not only was it a, was it a, a very terrible problem of personal suffering, physically. But it was a. It was also a problem socially, because if you had leprosy, if you were, you know, uh, marked as a person having leprosy, then you would be a social outcast. You know, you would not be accepted because this disease is terribly contagious, and people would look at you like, oh, this unclean person, right? And they would have to even say they're unclean, and they'd have to stay out of the city and stay away from people very often, you know. So the man comes to Jesus with this extreme feeling of suffering, and uh, you, know, you know how he prays to God, how he says, he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean, right, like God, if it's your will, you can do it, I, I know, I believe, you can heal me, right, so the man trusts, he trusts that God is able, fully able, but he says, Lord, if you're willing, if you want to, you can make me whole, you can cleanse me, right, so it's God's will, he says, let your will be done, right, if you're willing. And of course, of course, Jesus, he was very willing and he encouraged this man, you know, it says filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man, right? Uh, Forever changed by the touch of Jesus. And you can just see something, you know, about the heart of Jesus as we look at these words, Yeah, filled with compassion, the heart of Jesus Christ is filled with compassion as he reaches out to those who are in need. And um, and he touches the man, and the man is never the same. And as Jesus reaches out with his loving hand and touches, now you can imagine the guy's covered in leprosy, right? He must look terrible, you know. And people would probably be concerned, you know, if we touch this man, we'll be unclean too. If we touch him, you know, this man probably has not been touched in years. Not a single person has touched him because he's been covered with leprosy and he's been marked as an unclean person. And you can just imagine, can you imagine going through life and never being touched, never having interaction with people? You'd feel like so worthless, probably. So cold, so rejected, so terrible, um, so unloved without that, without that close touch from others. Or even just a friendly touch, right? He, he hadn't experienced that in years. And Jesus reaches out with this great compassion in his heart. And he touches the man, and he says, I will. Be thou clean, right? Be made whole, right? This is, this is the love of Jesus Christ. right? This is the compassion of Jesus Christ um, as he reaches out to heal the man. And the Bible says that immediately, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cured. The disease was gone. Um, by the power of Jesus Christ, the man was cleansed from his disease. And... Um, He must have been so filled with gratitude, with gratefulness, with joy. And so uh, it tells us there in verse 43 that Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. Okay, what was his warning? He said, see that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. So you know, the man had been marked as, as unclean because of his disease, right? And so then, uh, basically, according to the law of Moses, if somebody was somehow cured of their disease of leprosy, they had to present themselves again before the priests and be inspected, right? And he would have to bring an offering as well for his, for his cleansing. So Jesus tells him, okay, you just go and do this, but don't tell this to anyone. Don't Say it to a soul. Why do you think Jesus said that?
4: It does explain a bit the
0: the problem that comes, right? Right. When he starts talking. (laughs) Now, the man, he just doesn't. Why do you think the man didn't listen to Jesus? Why does he just start blabbing about this situation? He's happy, right? He's happy.
1: Do you think that would be considered a sin,
0: though? To go against what Jesus Jesus said? Yeah I mean probably. it
1: was because like, gratitude is one of the highest was one of the highest energy one of the highest energies that you can project, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, which was great what he did, but I like often wonder would that be considered a sin? Would you have to repent
0: for that? Hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess not listening to the voice of Jesus would we might consider that a sin because it's disobeying like a command or something. Um, I sort of wonder in some ways if the man did it intentionally. I mean, he should have kept his mouth closed about it. But one, one thing was he was very tempted to tell people. Because you, as you can imagine, he's been outcast from society for so long. Mm-hmm. And now he's seeing all those people. He's like, I'm healed, I'm healed. It's like, how did you get healed? And he starts telling them the big story, right? Yeah. And
1: but also it's like when God does something for you, you're supposed to praise him. You're supposed to, sure. you know glorify and mm-hmm. all
0: that so that's kind of like a double-edged sword where I don't know <laughs>
1: uh-huh yeah and well like if he was doing it in a in a spirit of gratitude mm-hmm. I guess it would be okay
0: uh-huh
1: but if he was doing it in a spirit of look at me uh-huh kind of like
0: yeah you know well I'm sure he was just so thrilled I mean about his situation yeah, of And, you know, he did give the credit to Jesus, of course. I mean, he said, he said, oh, this man, he healed me. And he just kept pointing the finger to Jesus. But Jesus had told him specifically, don't tell anybody about that. Right? Don't tell anybody. Um, And you would think, well, why doesn't Jesus want to tell anybody? Doesn't Jesus want people to know he's the Messiah?
1: Well, it could could also be like a lesson for us to this just popped into my mind, uh-huh. that um, if you do something good for someone, you shouldn't, it should be quiet. Like, hmm. it shouldn't be like, I'm so-and-so, and I did this for you. Right. Go tell everybody that I did this for you. Okay. So mm-hmm. it could be like a lesson to teach us that, if we do something good like for Like humility. Yeah. Just humility, keep it Humility is just between uh-huh. you and God, it's something that you do. That's right. Honor God. Jesus Maybe. also taught that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that could be. So, Yeah. I mean, definitely Jesus was not in this to get popularity. Jesus was not the kind of person that says, Hey, check this out. I can heal somebody. No way. This was not the spirit of Jesus. Jesus didn't care about all that. Jesus didn't want the popularity. Jesus didn't want all the notice. All he wanted to do was help a hurting soul. And it says Jesus had compassion on this man and he healed him. Right? Jesus only cared about the man's soul. It wasn't about anything else. And he said, don't tell anybody. Uh, some other reasons of course were that um, you know there's a right time and a right place for everything and at this early point in Jesus's ministry this probably wasn't the best time to go blabbing about being healed because the thing was that there was a lot of hurting people a lot of sick people all over the place and as soon as Jesus healed this one man suddenly everybody's gonna wanna come everybody's gonna wanna bring, bring their people to Jesus and he could be so swarmed, so burdened down and flooded by the people who are sick, help me, help me, help me, coming to Jesus, right? He could be so overwhelmed by all of this happening, it could, it could wear him out or it could distract people from this work of ministry, even from listening to his words because they're so preoccupied with just receiving the healing only, right? I mean, if, if he was like the best physician ever, You'd be like, hey, let's line up. He heals people for free. Let's go, you know, or he's our only hope. Let's go. And you could just imagine Jesus being flooded out, you know, overwhelmed by all the people who wanted to come and see him. And, you know, unfortunately, that's what happened, that the people started coming just in huge numbers. The people are flooding to Jesus. And it says there in verse 45, yeah, instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the news as a result jesus could no longer enter a town openly but stayed outside in lonely places uh... yet the people still came to him from everywhere Right, so now he was kind of in a way forced out of the towns out of the cities because so many people were coming to him and uh... the countryside provided a little bit more relief because not as many people would come you know far out into the country but still it says, the people didn't stop. They're flooding out there to see Jesus. Everybody's coming. Right? Yeah. Um, so in some ways, that's good that the people were coming because then they could hear Him. But in other ways, you know, if they're just coming to, to receive the physical healing only, um, it could be overwhelming for one person, for one man. It doesn't matter who you are. You, you know, I'm, rem- I'm reminded of Moses. Mose. Right? Moses. That God gave him a great responsibility of leadership, and God equipped him, and God you know, gave him the words of life, God gave him the law and the truth, um, God gave him the wisdom, but you know, there's so many people there, that's more work than one man can do, right? That is more work than one man can do, and uh, Moses had to eventually train other leaders. To take some of the responsibility, you know. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, recommended. He says, "Why do you sit there and listen to other people all day long, from morning until night?" He said, "This is not good. You're going to waste away. You and these people are going to perish because it's not good for your health. You're working too hard, right? And so, you know, in in a position of leadership, it's possible that you could just be overcrowded by so many people. That's too much for one man to do." Um, and so I think in some ways this is very early in the ministry of Jesus and Christ is still training his disciples as people who can help him and he doesn't want all of this extreme attention so early in his ministry Right? Um, he, needs, he needs time and they need, they need space and they need to do things in the right way so throughout the ministry of Jesus we find that he was always having to keep himself just at a little distance from the crowds Right? you know, going out there on the hillsides and preaching and teaching. And sometimes the Bible tells us that he went out into a little boat and he pushed out off of the shore in case the people swarmed him, you know. And so they the people would. they just come pushing and crowding near to Jesus and he would go out onto the boat into the water so the crowd was standing on the shore and listening, right? This is one of the ways that he could protect himself from being overcrowded by so many people who wanted to see him, all right? So... Uh, sometimes when you become a um, well-known figure in public, and especially for something like this, like healing, um, it can be overwhelming so much. So, Jesus had to preach and teach out in the countryside. All right, well, let's continue on with the story. We'll look at the last section of our story here, going into chapter 2. Um, this is from verse 1 to verse 12 of chapter 2. Uh, we will just go through this uh, story of the paralytic that Jesus healed and then we will close our Bible lesson after that. So, um, why don't we have uh, Keisha, can you read for us from chapter 2 and verse
3: 1? Jesus heals uh, a few hmm? days later when Jesus entered Caper- Capernaum, Capernaum. People heard that he had come home. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. Since they could not let him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. When Jesus saw their face, he said to the paralyzed son, your sins are forgiven.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you, Keisha. And then maybe Pearl can read some more from verse 6, following. Uh Uh-huh. Now some teachers.
1: Okay. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Whether it is easier to say to the sick... Whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take thy bed, and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, in so much that they were all amazed, glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this
0: fashion. Alright, they never saw anything like it before. Um, very incredible. Uh, so, this was a few days later, it said, from verse 1. Uh, in other words, a few days after the incident with the man of leprosy, the man who had leprosy, he was healed. Okay, so, a few days later, Jesus again entered Capernaum. So, he had gone outside, he was... Kind of teaching around there in the um, hill on the hillsides, you know, on the countryside, and then um, after a few days, it says that Jesus he came back into Capernaum, which is this, the town there. So he comes back into the town, and it says the people they heard that he had come home. They heard that he came back there, and so many of the people had from the town had all gathered around, and they wanted to hear jesus and others wanted to receive healing you know as well so as they're gathering there is just no room this is what you call a full house right it's packed the people are standing it says even outside the doors of the building the people were just in great numbers standing out there uh if they could just hear a word from jesus right incredible um, how many people came to the show right came to hear jesus and so it tells us that he was um preaching the word to them. And I can imagine, I would just imagine that that people even outside, I bet you they could hear the voice of Jesus ringing loud and clear out of that building as Jesus taught. You know, he spoke he spoke with a loud and clear voice, right? And uh and they're listening as Jesus preached the word of life to them. You know, that's that's a great way to have lots of people and have the best preacher ever, you know. Speaking the word of life, preaching the word of life, and people's hearts were being filled with the words of God's truth. You know, so they're listening to this uh, sermon as Jesus was teaching and as Jesus was preaching. And while everybody's listening to the sermon, you know, these some men came and they brought this paralytic, uh, this guy who was paralyzed. And it says that four of them had brought him, brought him in. And since they could not get to Jesus because of the crowd they made an opening in the roof above Jesus after digging through it. Now, obviously, the type of roof that they used at this time was a little bit different than our roofs, right? Um, maybe this style of roof would be extremely hard to try and dig a hole through. <laughs> uh, but they, they had these, uh, these other styles of roofs. Uh, sometimes they were built with some sort of mud and sticks and different things that they could put together. Uh, well, apparently there was a, they were able to actually dig a hole. Now you can imagine Jesus is, has been preaching, and all the crowd is gathered around. And suddenly there's a distraction, right? Well, what's happening up there on the roof? You know, somebody's digging through, and uh, people are probably wondering, hey, what's going on here, right? Just quit, quit distracting us. I'm trying to listen to the speaker. I'm trying to listen to Jesus preach, right? right? <laughs> but uh, but these men, you know. They would not let anything keep them from seeing Jesus. Right? They were determined to see Jesus. I mean, they came there. They brought their friend who's paralyzed, and there's a crowd surrounding the house. No way to get to Jesus. When they start thinking there must be another way to see Jesus, right? They were not gonna. They were not gonna take no for an answer. They were not gonna be shut out um, away from Jesus. But they did whatever they could. To come to Jesus, even if they had to dig their way through a rooftop, they were going to find Jesus, right? And sometimes I think you know we have to be persistent as we seek Jesus. Sometimes we cannot let the crowd keep us from Jesus. Uh, sometimes we let we let people step in between us and Jesus, or we let a we let a big group, or we let a church or something, and we'll say, well, you know, there's people at the church that I don't like so much, right? And And we let something like that be an excuse to keep us from Jesus. Oh, there was too many people. I couldn't see him. I couldn't get near to Jesus. But these guys, they just wouldn't take no for an answer. And I think sometimes we have to be persistent like that, um, to where we will just seek after Jesus no matter what, and say, Lord, we're coming. Heal us, please. Heal us, please. Right? And so, um, they brought the man. They, they began lowering after they made this opening. Uh, they began digging through, and they lowered this uh, paralyzed man down uh, on a bed. Lying, he was lying on something, and they lowered him down. And, and you know, when Jesus saw it, I suppose there's a, there's a number of ways he could react. Right? He could be like, well, what is this? These crazy people, you know. Um, but actually, Jesus perceived their action as an act of faith. Jesus didn't get upset. Hey, why are you distracting uh, our preaching time? Why are you messing up my sermon? <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't like that, right? Instead, Jesus was like, these guys, wow, incredible faith. You know, it's a very serious faith that they have. And so, um, the man's being lowered down. And it's very interesting, when Jesus sees him, it says, Jesus saw their face. He said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Why do you think Jesus spoke this to the man. Why did Jesus say, Son, your sins are forgiven?
1: Sin causes sickness.
0: Sin causes sickness. And death. And death. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah, very true.
4: Maybe what this uh, person was really concerned about Mm -hmm. wasn't so much the sickness, but because I mean people back then believed bad things happened to you because you were sinning, because Mm. you sinned which was not necessarily true. That's right. So maybe Christ needed to address that, to ease his conscience, you know, to be uh-huh. in peace. Because mm-hmm. maybe that was the real issue, not so much that, of course, he was physically sick.
0: Yeah. Sick,
4: but the real issue was that maybe he felt like, oh, well, I'm such a bad, you know. There was, a
0: deeper, there was a deeper yeah. issue, right? Right. You know, so often as, as human beings, we're just tempted to look at the outside, right? Maybe we don't understand the real issues that people are dealing with on a deeper level. Right? Well, like
1: for instance, like what?
0: Well, people could have all sorts of issues, and, and like say in this man's case, you know, he felt some type of guilt in his life for his sins. Uh, and Jesus knew the heart of this man, right? And when he says sons are sins, and that seems strange. I mean, to, to all appearances, uh, the people are watching. This guy's being lowered down. He's paralyzed. He can't walk. To everyone, to everyone observing the scene, they would think this man has come to Jesus because he's paralyzed, and of course, that was part of the concern, right? And they would think this is the real concern. This is what the guy needs, right? And they don't look so much at the spiritual needs, right? But Jesus looks at this man and he sees the true need of his soul, right? Which is the need for forgiveness of sin. You know, Jesus knows in this man's heart there is a true guilt of sin. There's, you know, there's pain and there are scars in his life, in his heart, in his mind, because of the sins he has committed, uh, the things that he has experienced. And so Jesus, Jesus sets this man free by speaking to the needs of his heart, which to the spiritual eye were more important than the physical aspect. Yeah, the first thing Jesus went for to heal for this man was his heart, was his soul. you know. Rather than just the immediate thing everybody else is looking at, you know, like the outside.
1: Because um, they're just looking at the mat- manifestation of his soul, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is why... Uh,
0: okay, I think also, okay. Uh,
4: I mm-hmm. That's why many people stay, leave the church, I think. Huh. Many people leave the church because of this guilt of sin. huh. Like um, I'm such a bad person.
0: I feel like a terrible How person. How can I come back to church? Mm-hmm. Or even
4: new, new, baptized people, you know? Maybe they fall into sin and like, you know, I thought things are different. Uh huh. How can I go back? Yes. It's it's, it's, a, it's a powerful. I'm um, It's a very powerful feeling, being guilt, feeling guilty and overwhelmed by sin. Yes. It's Very powerful. He can really make you give up, if, yes. if the grace of God doesn't
0: hold you. That's right. Yeah. And so sometimes, even before we receive maybe the physical healing, which is very obvious to everyone else, you know, there's something deeper that we need, which is healing of our heart, healing of our mind, healing and forgiveness from sin, uh, receiving peace in our hearts, right? change on the inside, rather than just the change on the outside which also has its place. Also, we need healing physically, you know. But uh, Jesus sees the, the greater need, the deeper need of this man's heart and his soul. And so he begins with the spiritual healing. And from there, he is able to address the physical healing, you know, by starting with the spiritual one. Now, of course, when the teachers of the law heard Jesus say this, they started thinking to themselves in their hearts. and They said, why does this fellow talk like that? Why does this guy forgive. Uh, He's blaspheming. He's committing blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone, right? And, you know, in some ways, okay, they have a point. Certainly only God can truly forgive sins. I mean, we can, we can forgive each other, but from a divine perspective, you know, the ultimate forgiveness, the true forgiveness comes from God, right? You know, but we, we also must have forgiveness towards each other. That's true, right? So they're saying, well, who can forgive the sins but God how can this guy say your sins are forgiven well it, I think it goes to tell us again that Jesus was more than just a man right, right? yeah he's also God when we as we read through the Bible you know as we read through the prophecies like Isaiah 9 verses 6 and 7 it tells us Messiah would be called the everlasting father you know it calls him um, the the eternal God right, right? and so uh, Jesus was more than just a good man, or more than just a good preacher, or more than just a good healer, but Jesus was also the Son of God, who had come to live among human beings, and to live as a human being, and yet, he was still God. How did you verse 10 read? Verse 10, oh, you're skipping up uh, ahead a little bit, okay, verse 10. Verse 10 said, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Take your small bed and go home. Um, So, but these guys, these guys were just, you know, in their minds, they're starting to think, you know, against Jesus. This guy, how can he forgive sins? You know, and so sometimes, whether we realize it or not, you know, there's always this internal dialogue that's going on in people's minds. And sometimes they don't always say exactly what they're thinking but they're just sitting there stewing about something and you might not realize it, right? And Jesus is so perceptive and he's filled with the Holy Spirit that that he knows what's happening in their hearts. He knows what's going on in their mind. Jesus knows how the wheels are turning in these guys' heads, right? And and he, he sees this, what's going on. He knows how they're thinking. And so then it says in verse eight, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts and he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Imagine that, imagine that if you're just thinking something in your mind and suddenly someone turns to you and says, why are you thinking these things? I know what you're thinking in your mind, they must feel like, how does he know what I'm thinking? They must feel a little bit guilty or perhaps ashamed or fearful, maybe fearful for this guy, he just points us out, right? And he kind of knows what's going on in our minds. He knows how the thoughts are rolling, you know? He knows what's happening there. And, uh, and so Jesus says, why are you thinking these things? And then he gives them uh, a reason to have faith because he says, which is easier to do? To say to this man, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up, take up your bed and walk, right? Which one is easier? Of course, you know, it's very easy to just say your sins are forgiven, Um, but, you know, to say get up, you know, take up your bed and walk when he's been paralyzed almost his entire life, that's got to be pretty tough, right? That's got to be... I think
1: he's trying to say that whether he said the first Mm -hmm. or the second, Mm -hmm. either way, it had to be a process of cleansing on the inside. True. A process of cleansing
0: on the inside and healing on the outside as well. Right. Spiritual healing and physical healing.
1: What he's trying to say is that they probably would have been okay if he just said, take up your bed and walk. Mm -hmm. But I think they were upset because of the forgive your sins part. Sure. So if he had said the latter, then they would have been like, they still would have criticized him. Mm -hmm. But it wouldn't be uh, a criticism of blasphemy. It would Mm -hmm. be a criticism of something else.
0: Okay. Okay. And they probably would have criticized him still, even for just healing the man, you mean. Yeah. Okay. But either
1: way, mm-hmm. I think what he was trying to say is that whether I say your sins are forgiven, which is cleansing his soul, or take up your bed and walk, which is also cleansing your soul, because he couldn't have walked unless he had done the first part. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been the same thing.
0: Okay, all right. So there's that. There's that healing. Um, I think Jesus is trying to demonstrate something to these guys, the like yeah, definitely, definitely the authority of God or also the power of God. <laughs> You know, that, that if the power of God is working through him, if the power of God moves to heal this man and to actually give him his strength to walk again, right? If he has power to, to heal those physical things, those uh, things on the outside, then maybe they can understand that God's power is also in him to heal the spiritual side. Uh, and so I think, I think Jesus wants to demonstrate this. Hey, which one's easier? Which one do you think? And okay, so if I tell the man, get up and walk, then then maybe you can also believe that I have the power to tell him your sins are forgiven. You know, that, that God has expressed this forgiveness.
1: <laughs> they still
0: didn't pick it up. They they still didn't quite get it, right? They still didn't quite get it. Some people did. I believe many of the people did, because the Bible tells us oftentimes the common people heard Jesus gladly, but the priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, oftentimes they did not receive so willingly the things of Jesus. Yeah, in many ways. They kinda of close themselves off to that. Um, so but that's that's a good thought, you know, to think about that, these two these two things and how, how they might have reacted if Jesus had switched the order, you know, I wonder. But of course Jesus knows the first thing that we need, the primary thing is our spiritual healing. You know, even if we go even if we are sick for the rest of our life and then we end up dying, okay, the fact that we have spiritual healing, the fact that we have forgiveness from God was the most important thing. If we have peace with God and we die, we know our soul is at peace with God. We know when, when, when we rise again in the resurrection, uh, we will have eternal life. We will have eternal health. You know, and we can have that assurance that we have salvation of our soul. You know, and that was really the bigger issue that Jesus had to deal with rather than just the physical side. But Jesus said, "All right, so that you can know that I have the power of God to do this," he turns to the guy and says, "Hey, son, take up your bed and walk." Right. The guy gets up and walks. Right? Um, Jesus healed him both, both uh, spiritually, spiritually first, and then physically. Sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes God heals physically, you know, and then and then people's hearts are more open to receive the other right. healing, you know, and then He heals them spiritually. But in this case, Jesus knew the man is able to receive spiritual healing first, which is most important. Right. And then in this case, I will also give him physical healing. Right. Might,
4: not, not everyone will sick, necessarily because of their sins. And yes. I think it's
1: really to understand. The That's way. true. I don't, I don't know, not to like put your healing down, but I, I just don't see how you can be sick without having some degree of spiritual illness what about job mm-hmm. what about job job i think that job that was like a that was like a special circumstance that mm-hmm. god used to you know mm-hmm. portray a bigger lesson for us to you know know today but like i mean that happens but like i just feel like i don't know i just feel that like there's you cannot not be sick you can't be sick without some kind of spiritual illness I feel like Mm -hmm. everything bad that is that happens in your life is because you have some kind of it may not be like a big sin like Mm -hmm. oh I killed somebody Mm -hmm. but it's like it could be just like a negative thought that you had or you know Mm -hmm. I just feel like everything that manifests physically in our world Uh is because of something spiritually that is not right within us. Uh-huh. That sounds like karma. Well, that's 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 a bit of a, sound like a, karma. a
4: new age. Uh, well, I think I'm not saying that's exactly where you're coming from, but it sounds like a new age thinking. Mm-hmm. If you, if you look at the, the, there was somebody who was healed or sick, and the disciples came to Jesus and said, "Jesus, who sinned? Was well, this man or his parents that he's so sick?" Mm-hmm. So, and said, Jesus you know, said, so that, the, so, "So that God can be glorified." Yeah,
0: that's true. So, okay, yeah, I think I think it's right that you know I can I can hear both sides of this too because sometimes you know it is it is a spiritual uh, mental illness that could that would be leading to our physical sickness. You know, there there's a number of cases where the disease starts out uh, internally and then it's manifested externally on the outside, right? But there's other cases I believe where you know people they received a sickness that's on the outside but there's not necessarily a spiritual disease on the inside it depends Uh, sometimes you know even godly people even righteous people have gotten you know terribly sick or ill and it wasn't as a result of their sin but it was just as a result of certain associations or by the devil's attack you know or something that happened there's even a woman who was sick for quite some time and Jesus said that the devil has made her sick she was kind of I think she was crippled and it says the devil Satan has bound her all these years you know and shouldn't she be set free on the Sabbath day right so the, Jesus talked about a disease that Satan himself had brought into this woman's life and of course that's what we see happening with Job so sometimes maybe sometimes maybe it comes from from both sides like from the spiritual sickness first and then the sin or the other sickness comes because of that. But sometimes people are, I think people are... I think it is both. Yeah.
4: Because also the blind man, was the blind man or people back? He was told after you, then go and sin no more.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go and sin no more lest a worse thing come yes. upon you, right? Yes. So, yes. so in that case, some of his sins had led to his condition. Right. Yeah.
1: I can agree with you to a certain extent, but I can't like see how... If you are spiritually sound, that the devil would be able to come in and cripple you. Uh-huh.
0: Like, but even me- Job, what about Job? Like he said.
1: God I <laughs> That just seems like so unfair to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's another situation with the, I don't know who I was speaking
4: about, this tower that fell. Oh, oh yes.
0: Yeah. And Siloam. Siloam, oh, the tower and Jesus of Siloam. Was
4: like, do, Do you, think you think that they were
0: what? Worse sinners than other men?
4: So then he goes on to say, no, that's not the point. The point is, make sure that you are right, right standing with God. I, I don't know, if I'm saying it properly. Yeah, I know the one. So the point is, bad things happen to good people and bad. To those who love God and those who don't. That's true. What you need to make sure is that you are in a proper relationship with God.
0: Hmm. And so we have to be careful too, because sometimes we might be tempted to judge like the Pharisees were. You know, to say, well, this person has a, has a terrible sickness in their life or something really bad happened to them, so it must be God's curse, right? They must have sinned. They must have done something evil. You know? And this is kind of how the Pharisees would often go around and they, they even ask, you know, who sinned, this man or his parents? Why was he born blind? You know? Why is he suffering? He must have done something or his parents must have done something. But in that case, Jesus said, I'm telling you, nobody, neither one of them sinned. Right? This was done you know, so that the God could be glorified. So in that case, you know, it wasn't because of something they did, you know. Obviously, they've sinned like everyone else. The Bible says all have sinned come short of God's glory. But they hadn't done anything especially heinous, right, to cause that specific malady or that specific sickness. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, we're about to wrap up here. I think some people might have to go soon. Uh, Okay. Um, But this has been a really good discussion. I think. Yeah, I appreciate the comments and the input from everybody. We've had some really good ideas come up here. Um, but basically, yeah, the, the final thoughts from that verse was that uh, in verse it was from verse 11 and 12, uh, Jesus said to the paralytic, I tell you get up, take up your mat, and go home. Right? Jesus healed the man. He raised him up first spiritually, then physically Jesus raised him up. He was able to wo- go home. And it says he got up, he took his mat, he walked out in full view of everyone. You know, here he came in on a bed through the roof, and now he's walking out the door. Mm-hmm. His life has changed completely, right, forever. Touched by the healing power of Jesus Christ. Touched both both uh, physically and both and spiritually also. This man was liberated, he was set free, and he was able to leave that place in perfect peace and filled with the joy of God. Yeah. And it says there that, this amazed everyone, and they praised God. The, the, the house was full. The crowd was surrounding everywhere, You know, even outside. They're, they're praising God, it says, and they said, we never saw anything like this. We've never seen it like this before. right? Just an incredible experience of the miraculous power of God. And sometimes, I think, when we witness the healing power of Jesus, we could also say, we've never seen anything like it before. Right? we haven't seen anything until we've seen the power of God working in our lives. Yeah. Until we've seen the power of Jesus Christ. So, um, but hopefully, even like that man, we can uh, take the initiative to seek after God and be persistent. Because if they had not persisted to seek after Jesus, they never would have experienced that healing. You know? So maybe we can make the same steps in our lives. But why don't we pray, and then we'll close our lesson. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you again so much for this wonderful day. And we thank you, Lord, that we could study your beautiful words and we could see the healing power of Jesus Christ, your Son. Uh, We could see the great things that you want to do in the lives of many people. Help us, Lord, to experience your compassion and your healing touch in our lives. Help us to have faith and help us to seek after you. Help us, Lord, to not give up um, by some discouragement, but help us to press on, help us to come to you and surrender all to you so we can experience full healing in our lives, both the spiritual healing and also the physical healing. And uh, please bless and guide us today. Let us uh, rejoice in you and experience your true blessing in our lives. And for this we thank you and pray in Jesus' name. amen. Amen.